Welcome to Public Health Out Loud, Public Health for the Public. Hi, I'm Dr. Jim McDonald, Medical Director of the Rhode Island Department of Health. And I'm Dr. Philip Chan. Welcome, everyone. Dr. Chan, it's season two, episode one. Wow, we're at season two. How do you feel about season two, Dr. Chan? Dr. Are you ready? I'm surprised we got to season two, but I am thrilled to be here. We have a great lineup this year, many very exciting public health topics to discuss. In season one was 40 episodes. Wow. During a pandemic, that was a lot, 40 episodes. So that's a lot. And we're excited about season two, but I'm very excited about our first guest for season two. You know, I think one of the things you and I talked about at our season one finale is we're going to have more popular guests, people who are more well-known. And in Rhode Island in particular, I don't know anybody that's more well-known than Dr. Pablo Rodriguez. Dr. Rodriguez, welcome to Public Health Out Loud. Hey, man. My pleasure to join you guys. Yeah, and Dr. Rodriguez, you are a Rhode Island legend. You've been in practice over 35 years. It, it's great to have you here. Um, but our, our audience, not everybody you know, who lives in Rhode Island who listens. There's some people listening from different parts of the country, uh, even over the world here. Can, can we just start with you telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I came to Rhode Island about 35 years ago. Um, I was medical director of Planned Parenthood for about 25 years um, and uh, had my own practice called Women's Care, um, uh, working at Women and Infants Hospital. Uh, so I've been involved with uh, public health issues from the AIDS pandemic. That was when uh, I kind of became a public figure um, by accident by becoming a member of the board of uh, Rhode Island Project AIDS and then becoming chairman because the, the chairman actually had a, um, a heart attack. So it was, it was a really crazy situation. Um, but uh, from then I became very, very involved with the health department and with public health messages and um, radio and television. I've been on the radio now for about 20 years. Um, and uh, it has been really an, a, a very rewarding uh, experience to be able to have direct contact with the public and uh, and be able to answer questions and, and, and help people, guide people through, through health, uh, which is very, very difficult for some. Well, thank you, Dr. Rodriguez. I want to extend a welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's start with this question. You mentioned the HIV, uh, the AIDS pandemic, uh, about working for Planned Parenthood, uh, obviously a, a stand-up organization there. This pandemic, this whole COVID pandemic, in your experience, in your uh, background, how does this pandemic compare to other experiences that you have lived through, including HIV, uh, including other, you know, H1N1 pandemic, other public health uh, uh, challenges from the past. How does this compare for you? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great question uh, because there there are common threads and there are things that are uh, really uh, I find myself new uh, in, uh, in in the pandemic. So both uh, in both. Um, epidemics, uh, what uh, I noticed is a real dearth of appropriate information. Uh, so when I was um, a resident, uh, you could tell which uh, rooms were the HIV patients because their food trays were outside of the room. Nobody would go into the room, even though you know we had the information that the HIV was not transmitted through the air, uh, people were still, you know, very, very concerned. Um, and the same thing we're seeing now with the, um, uh, with the current pandemic, uh, with COVID, in, in the sense that uh, misinformation, wrong information uh, continues to, to be propagated. I think the very, very diff different uh, part um, or different situation now is social media. 
the fact that um, social media has become such a, um, uh, a, a, a purveyor of falsehoods. Um, and um, it, it has really made our jobs much more difficult. You know, when I was, you know, uh, working with HIV patients, it was much easier to convince people of the right information. I find now that uh, people have um, all sorts of biases that are confirmed by the fact that we didn't have all the information at the beginning of the pandemic, that we didn't know it, this was a new disease, just like HIV. Uh, and as time went by, uh, HIV became more mainstream, people became more aware, um, and it was not as much uh, of a, um, a partisan political situation like, like we have uh, today with, with COVID. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So, Dr. Rodriguez, I do want to pick up on the social media because that's been so interesting to me just as a, a student of human beings. I just love to study humans. But social media is an interesting place. But one of the things I think about is just the word confirmation bias. But this is not just true just for the pandemic. It's true for life in general. You know, if you think something's the way it is and then you go see something that looks like it could be that way, then it's like, oh, I, I, I was right. You know what I mean? This is whether it's true about shopping for a car buying groceries, learning about a pandemic, learning about a new disease. But confirmation bias, it's a big thing. You know, and I guess I'm just saying, you know, have you experienced confirmation bias? You do a lot of media work. You interact with a lot of people. You've got your own radio show, your own web show. I mean, have you seen confirmation bias? And how has it affected how you respond to the pandemic? Uh, it has been very, very difficult. You know, from the beginning of the pandemic, I've been involved on the radio and on, on, on social media uh, with, with uh, doing webcasts every week uh, regarding the, the, the infection. Um, and um, what I've noticed is that um, confirmation bias in, the, in social media is so, so strong um, because once people find an answer that they want to hear, they transmit it. Um, you know, years back, you know, you had to just talk to people directly or make a phone call uh, in order to, to transmit that information. Now it's just a click away. Um, and, and even people that are not believing the, the information transmitted uh, just as, as a curiosity. Oh, look, look what I found on online. This, this can't be true. Uh, but people don't realize that the more you share the information, the more that information goes to the timelines um, and to the pages of people. Um, and, and, and the information gathers all that steam. Uh, the other thing that has been very, very different is that even when I was dealing with HIV and people having confirmation biases at that point, you know, of gays getting it and IV drug users getting it and it was nobody else's business, you know, as statistics of, of women, uh, heterosexual transmission, um, you know, became more prevalent, then you, you could, as a provider, as a physician, uh, kind of change people's minds by providing inaccurate information. I find that now accurate information does not carry the same level of trust from people. And once people are entrenched in their ideas, caused um, uh, by this confirmation bias, supported by social media, then you know the disrespect that I feel as a provider is absolutely horrific. Uh, I mean, I, I, 
I have people just insulting me without even knowing who I am. Yeah, that um, disrespect. I mean, and insulting, like, why did the world get so mean? Any idea on that? I don't know. I think that, you know, uh, you know, politics, you know, has become that that way, um, you know, not being political, but, you know, it, it's been the, the new fashion in the last four years, you know, to be aggressive, to be insulting, to to use language and to and to denigrate uh, the messenger that is counteracting your erroneous message. I have members of my family, my own uncle in Puerto Rico, constantly, you know, is sending me misinformation. And when I try to just basically give him the right information, he tells me that I'm just uh, a shield for the medical community and I'm part of the New World Order, uh, you know, that received the memo uh, that that uh, said that COVID was going to be the way that we were going to manipulate the entire humanity. I mean, it's, it's just, it sounds crazy, uh, but, you know, people really are entrenched in those beliefs. Well, Dr. Rodriguez, let me just assure you that I think we all have a person or two in our family that uh, that, that likes to think like that. But uh, yeah, we've uh, Dr. McDonald and I have chatted a bit about this before. You know, I think one of the saddest things that uh, I've taken away from the pandemic and even in the last decade uh, is uh, the lack of uh, uh, focus on data and science and uh, on evidence. And I think even thinking about our democracy as a whole, you know, if you don't focus on data and evidence, uh, you know, what, what do you focus on? Then, then everyone's an expert and, and you don't know what to believe. And I think that to me is one thing about this pandemic that's really kind of saddened me at the end of the day is just the fact that, you know, just the move away from science in general. I mean, what do you even say? What do you tell people? What did you tell your, your family member? What do you tell people who think that COVID is fake, that it's made up, that it's a conspiracy? How do you, how do you think about addressing that? Uh, I just tell them, you know, the fact that doctors and nurses are dying from the disease, you know, that um, the, the, the amount of people that are dying, it's just does not match with what we expect people uh, to be dying this year. The, the, the data is very clear. The problem is that they don't trust the data. You know, uh, I keep telling my uncle and the people on, online, you know, that, um, that this is not the flu, that, that we know what the flu looks like, that we can test for the flu. You know, that we're not telling, you know, uh, in, in the death certificate that people died from COVID when they died from in a car accident or from, a, or from getting shot. But they listen to pundits on, 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 on television or people on Facebook that are saying, oh, you know, 90% of all these, you know, uh, deaths are not really from COVID. They're from something else. Uh, and then when you have political leaders that, uh, you know, completely... Uh, potentiate the, the 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 misinformation by repeating it, uh, then then you get not just confirmation bias, but confirmation from somebody that should know better. You know, Dr. Rodriguez, one of the things you remind me about is one of the things about the pandemic that's been, uh, maybe I should say different, I guess, than the HIV epidemic was the scientific process now is extremely open and very rapid. Like one of the things you've seen during the pandemic worldwide, by the way, largely because of the internet and because of people sharing papers before they're peer reviewed, is just science is moving much faster than it's, and the process is very open. You know, it's interesting, you know, in some ways, I think that's a plus because now the information gets shared really quickly. You know, one of the things I think is an example, 
when there was a conversation about an end of April 2021 about the Johnson Johnson vaccine, there was a concern. It was out in Rhode Island at day 42 when we got the pause order from the CDC, day 42. There was a concern because there was concern about blood clots that just needed to be paused and figured out. But it was day 42. I remember in 1998 as a pediatrician when there was a vaccine out for interception, or excuse me, a vaccine out for rotavirus, and the rotor the rotoshield vaccine was, you know, later thought to have caused interception, but it took eight months for us to get that safety signal. And one of the things you see right now is the speed of science is really rapid. You know, is the scientific process being this transparent? Is it reassuring people? Or is it getting people a little bit more nervous? Do they really know how to handle that kind of thing? Because I don't think people are used to the scientific process being one this open. Because in, in the world of science, when I get new information, I just roll with it. It's like, yeah, that's how science works. That's called learning. Um, but I, I'm just not sure the public was watching us, is used to us doing this way. I know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think that that is a really, really important point. Um, you know, for example, I, I receive a newsletter uh, that basically gives me uh, preprint. Um, information, you know, stuff that has not been printed in journals yet, has not been peer-reviewed, but this website just basically puts it out uh, and then it gets distributed all over the world, you know, and, you know, some of them will never be published because they they do not meet, you know, really good scientific criteria. But once the camels, what is the same, the camel's nose is in the tent, you know, the, you know, the camel is in the tent. Uh, and and this is what's happening. The the social media, the internet has created this speed and volume of information that even us as providers have difficulty, you know, keeping up with. Um, and um, you know, uh, twenty years ago, we were the ones, you know, the providers were the ones that had access to the information and were able to digest it and present it in a way that was understandable for the for the general public. Right now, everyone is a scientist. Everyone is a doctor. Everyone is an expert, uh, and uh, and have resources and and quotations and and references that they can use to to bolster their uh, uh, their point of view, regardless of the fact that the reference is also wrong. <laughs> the reference is also false. Um, and, and then on top of that, you have this new um, complete disregard from the mainstream media. You know, the fact that, that um, I, I, I can tell you one of my best friends, you know, uh, my roommate from medical school, he's a dentist. He does not read the New York Times, the Washington Post. He doesn't watch NBC because they are all the mainstream media and everything they put out, everything they put out is biased and it's not the truth. I mean, this is a really, really difficult time, you know, for, for our society. When, when, when what we considered the, the ultimate sources of information have become the ultimate sources of distrust. Yeah, such great points, Dr. Rodriguez. Uh, so many great points there. You know, I'm reminded too of this whole hydroxychloroquine story from early in the pandemic. And, you know, it's going to be a miracle cure. And, you know, a dozen studies later, it has not panned out. But again, just going back to the point that we really do need to focus on the science and the data. And, 
I think people too, to Dr. McDonald, to your point, I think people have to be reminded that we will occasionally, maybe even more than occasionally, uh, be wrong about certain things and have to go back uh, and to correct and, and tweak and, and, and edit our, our recommendations and our guidance. And that's normal scientific process. Uh, and I remember Dr. Fauci uh, from some of the news media outlets being, you know, being uh, dinged on the fact that he had said one thing a month ago, two months ago, and now was saying something different. And, uh, you know, just reminding people, too, that that's that that's normal to some extent. And that's how science evolves. And there does need to be that sort of degree of understanding and, and frankly, even forgiveness this time, at, you know, at times as we grow. The, the funny thing is that sometimes, you know, when I was a practicing gynecologist, I'll give you a, an example of hormonal replacement. Hormonal replacement at one point, it was the state of the art. We were giving hormonal replacement to all, um, you know, menopausal women. Uh, once we had a large study, the women's health study, that determined that that was not appropriate, that there are complications in terms of cardiac and breast cancer, you know, you have to just then talk to patients and tell them, you know, um, we have no information. I never, not even once did I get anyone telling me, oh, you know, you told me, you know, the wrong thing. No, people were actually grateful that I was updating the information and that I was able to correct, you know, the, the course of action. Right now, that kind of trust, you know, has disappeared, you know, and is that when we run into the situation with masks, you know, wearing masks or not wearing masks, uh, you know, it, it completely created, you know, the snowball of distrust that now everything that comes out is considered, you know, uh, dubious uh, until somebody else confirms it. You know, Dr. Rodriguez, one of the things that I'm just thinking about is for, for folks who are in the general public, they interact with social media every day. But what advice do you have for people as they deal with social media? How do they discern the truth? And I guess my, my question to you is like, as the public interacts with social media, how do you think they should discern what's truth and who to rely on? What are your, what's your word of wisdom on that? Yeah, so I, and I've done this many times on, on the radio with my audience. I tell my audience, anytime you see any posts that says, click it and share it before it's taken down, um, you know, that is clickbait. That is basically someone that is making money out of putting out this information. And every time somebody clicks and every time somebody shares, they make money. This is a money-making venture. They're not trying to inform you. They're not trying to make you more aware. They are trying to use you as a source of income. Um, and there are social sites, there are websites that are appropriate, um, that are, that are um, you know, the information is, is really, really good. Um, and I try to give those. And the most important thing that I tell people is, please do not share the, uh, the sites. You know, if, if, if you see something that is, you know, completely and absolutely crazy like that, do not share it. Not even, not even to, to, to tell your friends or to warn them, because what happens is that every time you click it and every time you share it, the algorithm of Facebook and Twitter and, you know, and WhatsApp uh, picks it up and spreads it even more. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Rodriguez. Again, I think uh, uh, so many important points here, encouraging people to 
just think and be critical. Uh, I'm reminded that certainly as a physician, one of the things that we get a lot in medical school is how to think critically about problems and that, you know, always being open to new ideas and uh, different approaches to things. Uh, so important. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know that we're uh, looking to close on close up part one here. Any final thoughts or words of encouragement for our audience here, our listeners? The fact that we have made so much progress on this disease in just one year should be a source of celebration. The fact that we have a vaccine that is 95% effective, you know, in controlling a brand new disease is just the, the culmination of hundreds of years of research and study. Uh, so we, we are in a really incredible place now in terms of scientific knowledge. Uh, and we should celebrate that instead of uh, condemning, you know, the uh, what scientists are trying to do every day. Yeah, I want to thank you, Dr. Rodriguez, for joining us for part one of our conversation uh, with you. And I'm, I'm I'm so thankful you're willing to stick around for part two here. You know, one of the things I think we've really covered in, in part one is that there's just so much going on, so much information, really important to get information from experts and understand the truth as far as things go there. Because quite frankly, there's just too many people out there talking and not enough people out there listening. So I want to thank you so much. Dr. Chan, do you have a final word for us today? Yeah, I want to thank uh, Dr. Rodriguez for your time again today. Uh, to Dr. McDonald's point, you can hear the phones ringing off the hook uh, in the background. But in closing, I want to leave everyone with a moment of Zen to consider throughout the rest of your day. And here it is, Socrates, the Greek philosopher, to find yourself Think for yourself. Thank you all and be well. I'm Dr. Jim McDonald, Medical Director of the Rhode Island Department of Health. I want to thank Stephanie Menders, our Executive Producer. I want to thank Carol Sonar, Technical Director. It was great to have Dr. Pablo Rodriguez on today. Have a good, keep up the great.